0: Hello and welcome to Empire Builders, the place for entrepreneurs, business owners and experts who want to build an epic empire. I'm Nick James and thanks for joining me here today. In this episode, you're going to hear from the one and only Gary Vaynerchuk. This is live footage from one of our previous Expert Empires events, where gary shared his thoughts on how you can a grow your personal brand and blow up on social media and b how to start how to grow how to scale a business based on your passion so here goes
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, there's a couple things I want to talk about, but more realistically, I want to uh, really focus on doing some Q&A because I think a lot of you that are here have seen my spiel and you can hear my shtick and I don't think there's any uh, reservations or lack of content out there about what I think. I think... Uh, The world is in an incredible place. I think we're all so lucky to be alive during a time where the internet is hitting maturity that allows for an enormous amount of opportunity. The truth is a lot of people squander it Uh, because they're looking for shortcuts. My biggest fear as I stand on this stage today is not only here in this room, but in the entire market, I think everybody's just genuinely looking for it to happen quicker than it actually happens. I think one of the great things that's going on for me right now with DRock, let's hear it up for DRock. (laughs) One of the cool things about having DRock now document, I was saying backstage how much I wish that I've been vlogging when I started at Wine Library because I think it would be important for everybody here to have the context of watching 10 years of working in a liquor store every single day for 15 hours a day in a vlog. You've heard the story, you know my background, but the reality is it's very hard to quantify unless you see it or you feel it. There's legitimately, how many people here under 35? Raise your hands. (laughs) Yeah, I mean like, The level of disrespect I have for anybody under 35 that wants it tomorrow is so high, in a good way. I'm not mad at you. I just think that it's a very interesting time to be alive because the internet gives us opportunity for things to happen quick, but the reality is the people in this room that will win are the ones that take it slow. I think my energy and the way I roll speaks to a lot of fast-paced stuff but if you really peel away what I'm talking about, it's just super old school. I very much more associate with 70 and 80 year olds than I do with 20 and 30 year olds about the way this goes down. And so if I, look, if I could say anything, it's the following. There, there's no system, there's no process there's no thing that's going to make it happen faster. There's only a couple of tried and true things. Number one, if you don't provide real, actual value to people in exchange for the money that you're asking for in return, you will lose over time. It happens every time. You might be able to make some quick cash, but you will never win long term, and you will go through the same shit over and over. There are plenty of 30, 40, 50 year olds in here who go up and down, up and down, up and down cause their stuff is horseshit, and it's not coming from the right place and they're looking to make a quick buck and some character on stage says that they got a process that's gonna make it happen fast and they're wrong. So that's number one. Number two, you're living in a time where you're competing against everybody else. Let me just make this perfectly clear. As fucking awesome as it is, that it doesn't cost anything to produce content and put it on the social web, you're competing with everybody else. When I take out my phone and I go through Instagram and Facebook, I'm not just competing with people that write business books or put out entrepreneurial content. I'm competing with people that talk about football and milk and parenting and gardening and the news and the weather. There is one stream and we're all competing for that attention. So, I highly recommend that what you put out has a chance of succeeding, while you also put out as much content as possible to break through. Let me break down what I believe in, and then I really want to go into Q and A. I believe that there's only one thing that connects every single person in this room, which is, at the end of the day, it is our job to story tell to other human beings what our spiel is about and then we want something to happen, right? You may be trying to raise money for the PTA or you may be running for mayor or you might be trying to sell sneakers or a program or a process or your music or your art but at the end of the day, the only thing that every single person here is actually combined by is that you're fighting for somebody's attention and then you have to say something and then you're hoping something that happens. What I have done really well in my career is that I've always been really good at intuitively understanding where people's attention was when most of the people in this room didn't yet. I launched an e-commerce business in 1996 when people thought selling wine on the internet was crazy. There are people in this room, and definitely the parents of people in this room, that thought the internet was a fad. That was a real conversation. There's a lot of youngsters in here, but for some of us with a little more gray hair, the internet being a fad was a real conversation in 1992, three, four, five, six. Like, would it even be around, right? Then I did email marketing. How many people here have done email marketing in their careers? Perfect. In 1996, seven, I had an email newsletter of 200,000 people buying wine with 91% open rates. Not because I'm so great, but because nobody was doing it. And that's what it was. It wasn't that there was such good headline writing. It wasn't that it was so smart. It was that nobody was doing email marketing. And when, how many people here were on email in 1997? Raise your hands. Raise them higher. So all of you remember what I remember about email 1997, which is we read every fucking word of every single email. It's what we did because it was just supply and demand, right? Like you treated it like actual mail. You're like, fuck, I better read this. Free money from the Congo? Cool. You know, like, <laughs> like, like, like literally. <laughs> then Google AdWords came out. The day Google AdWords came out, I started buying wine terms on it for five cents a click. And I owned those terms for almost a year before anybody bid me up. So while most people didn't even know it existed, I was arbitraging people's attention because I thought people were searching and I was extracting sales. This is a game and a system, uh, by the way, that is free, zero dollars and zero cents, that will always be tried and true. Where is the attention of the end consumer? Where do most people think it is? Meaning that's overpriced as we stand here today, print ads, radio ads for the most part, television, billboards, direct mail, a ton of programmatic banners and other digital assets on the internet, and where is it underpriced? As we sit here today, no matter what you sell, Facebook, Instagram influencers, Snapchat, filter open marketplace if you're marketing to people under 30, and where is it going to go very soon that it's not five or 10 years away. Consumer virtual reality is far away. Do you need to make your products and service map to that? I don't think so, not for next year or the year after. But is Alexa voice and Alexa skills, is podcasting as a media company or as advertising, is that here at scale? Very close. And here, if you're doing podcast advertising, and definitely if you're good enough to be a podcast. So basically, here's what I think. I think that information is commoditized. There's so much information on the internet. It's hard to sell information, in my opinion, and feel good about it because there's so much of it. There's a reason my content is free. It's because the supply and demand of content is harder than ever to sell and differentiate if you want to feel great about it because there's so much content. Is your $300 thing actually available for four hours of Google searching? Is your $100 thing actually available for $9? The answer is yes. I'll save you time as you debate it. So, that's what I think about. I think that it runs tried and true for everybody. I think there's a couple things that really make sense to me. Like this rule. You know zero people. Zero people that actually created wealth. I don't mean your lucky friend who inherited his grandmother's money. I mean you don't know anybody on earth that created an actual business and made wealth without working their fucking face off. There is no such thing as passive income. It doesn't exist. You might have something that's working for a little while because you did landing page optimization and you figured out how to arbitrage Google for a few seconds, aka a couple years, but that will go away when Google changes its algorithm or when people go to mobile devices or when Facebook becomes more important, which means it was working for 24 months or 16, but now it's not which is everything but passive because you start building your life on it and then when shit hits the fan, you have to adjust and it really fucks you up. So these are the big things that I think about which is why are so many people looking for shortcuts when life is long? Why are people not willing to do the tried and true thing when if you just audit every single situation, it's always the same thing which is the people that run marathons win and the people that are running sprints lose. And it's because people lack patience. People are seduced by stuff. People make all their decisions on short-term money because they want stuff. People are insecure and want to posture in front of other people that they're successful. There's just a million fucking reasons why you do it, but it just doesn't make it right. So, I'm on a little bit of a mission. You know, like my big thing is I build other businesses and then the Gary Vee stuff is kind of like out there and does its thing. Sure, it leads to opportunities, but for me it's, I'm on a mission for legacy around this. I'm not, you know, I'll get, I'll get paid to come and speak, I'll write my books, but I'm not trying to create content as a top of the funnel thing to sell something at scale. Um, I'm not against that. I know the far majority of people want to do that, Mazel tov, knock yourself out. It's just not the way I see it because I don't think that's how the trends play out. And if you're good enough, you don't need it. So these are things that keep playing over and over in my mind, over and over in my mind, over and over in my mind. Stakes are high, opportunities very high, the competition is real. Every single person in this room is competing with each other, no matter how they position or slightly position it because we're going into an attention battle. We only have so much attention. Time is the asset. Uber, one of the great misses of my career because I passed on the angel round twice and that $50,000 investment would be worth $300 million and that fucking pisses me off. (laughs) Uber, I misunderstood because I thought that Uber was selling transportation, but what I realized when I invested it a little bit later, so I'll do okay, is that Uber sells time. And even funnier, Uber sells the perception of time. You think, you're, I mean I stand in New York City all the time waiting for my Uber watching cabs drive by me. <laughs> so I'm fascinated by consumer trends. I absolutely think about always what do people actually do? Why are you doing what you do? Why are people in this room going hiking, going to conferences, going to Coachella, going to matches just so they can take the selfie and show people what they're doing? What's that about? Does that mean event marketing is more important than ever? It does. We are doing more stuff than ever now because we are painting our lives to people through our pictures more than ever, thus forcing us to do shit just for the picture. How do you think about these things at a macro is very important to me. It's a super important thing of how I think about the psychology of human beings so much of what I actually do. And you can see the tone that I have brought here tonight. I've, I want you to understand why I do the things I do. Because I know that the tactics I've laid out over and over and over and over again, you guys can verbatim repeat some of my shit. It's, you need to understand why. Because the only thing that will ever have value is if you understand people, and you try to desperately figure out how to provide them more value, then you're asking for them in return. And that is where almost everybody breaks. Everybody is selfish. You want the money. You want the thing. You don't want to provide more value than that thing is worth. You actually want to do it the other way. And by the way, when I say you, I'm not talking about this, room. I'm just talking about the whole fucking game. Everybody. It's why so few people break through. Because when everybody's doing the same shit, they don't win. And all these systems look the fucking same. And they all do the same thing and it forces everybody into the same behavior and then there's a reason why a few people break through because they go the other way. Everybody goes left, A couple people go right, that's where all the fucking action is. All the action is in one place. In a world where everybody is creating content for the internet, which is where everybody's eyes are, over and over, only a few can break through because they're providing more value in return and they have patience to not ask for money in the upfront, but they actually build something and then are able to extract value later.
0: Hey, it's Nick here. We'll get back to the show in a moment. I just wanted to tell you about a brand new free training I've put together for you, all about how I went from zero to six figures, to seven figures, to multi seven figures, in my business very very quickly so you can go and download that brand new free training at expertempires.com forward slash free training uh, and when you do that you'll also be given the opportunity to book a free navigation strategy call with one of my team so they can help you individually plot your plan to grow in your business from wherever it is right now, if it's zero, to get to six figures fast, or if it's already at six figures, to move it to seven figures or multi-seven figures as quickly as possible. So go to expertempires.com forward slash free training.
1: I, I don't think we're going backwards. I think what I just talked about is getting compoundly worse and more optimistic. It depends on where you are. You'll get more value if you overprovide. You'll get less value if you follow the masses. I think that it's really hard to be patient. I'm empathetic. You may have debt. You may have things you want to do. I'm super empathetic. I really am. The problem is it doesn't change the reality of what it is. You know, just, you know, I don't know what else to say. Like. And and I want to remind everybody, you can say easy for you to say, Gary Vee, da da da. I just want to remind everybody, I only give advice that I ate. From 20 to 32 for 12 years of my life, I worked seven days a week in a liquor store every fucking day and gave up everything. I worked, I worked 15 fucking 16 hours a day, every single day. I did not have one Saturday off in my 20s, none. Biggest day of the week, none. I'm just literally, 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 99% of the people in this room will take more Saturdays off tomorrow than I took off in my entire 20s. <laughs> it's just true. Like, like, I just need people to know how it happens. I'm very fearful that you see me flying around with fucking D Rock and you think that's what happened. This is just a lot of work a lot of work, and I'm, don't forget, I'm also rogue. I gave up on school right around fourth grade, so I was willing to take D's and F's and let them push me through the system so I could learn how to sell baseball cards and do all my things, so I've been on this for my whole fucking life. And so, I don't know, I think entrepreneurship's in a very weird place where everybody thinks they are one. I think everybody thinks they're an entrepreneur because they write it in their Instagram bio, and I think that that's not gonna work out. I really don't and I think self-awareness is something we need to talk more about. You may be great at sales, you may be an entrepreneur, you may be great at operations, you might be really good at finance and math. The more you can put yourself in a position of what you do best instead of trying to be something else, the more you will succeed. It's black and white, it's true, it's forever. You just might be super creative and you haven't sold shit in your life. Like it's really weird to all of a sudden be really into selling when you never sold anything for the first 25 years of your life. I was ripping people's fucking flowers out of their yard when I was four and trying to sell it back to them. That's DNA, you know what I mean? I mean it though. I'm not trying to become a CFO now just because I know it's good financial arbitrage. And I just, I don't know, I'm worried that everybody's getting pushed into things that they're not instead of blocking it out and going all in on who they are. Because that's just where it's gonna be. That's just tried and true. So. My, my kind of serious tone here for tonight is predicated on the bubble that I fear. The bubble of all oh, this is easy and it's happening. It's, it's just not. There's so few startups that are actually gonna make money and win. We spend all our time focusing on Snapchat and Facebook and these couple of once in a generation things. We don't talk, like for every Instagram, there's 40,000 Insta shits. And so I do not want to be part of the pyramid scheme of success. I want to talk about what's actually happening. And what's actually happening is every day things get more competitive and forces you to actually bring more value to the end user. So if you think you're going to mail in, if you think it's about your marketing, let me tell you something as a big time fucking marketer, the best marketing in the world doesn't fix your shit product. Like, if your product sucks, you fucking lost. And so, I know you think your fucking product's awesome. You think your kids are cute, they're fucking ugly. <laughs> I know why you want it to work. And so, I don't know, I, um, I really want to put you in a mindset of the work and of the value because it's the only thing that has ever won ever. Ever, I want to get ready for Q&A, so let's get the mics going. If you have a question, start putting up your hands. Let's definitely go with that little girl who went first.
0: I think you're so awesome. Hold on, hold
1: on, hold on. What's your name, little girl?
0: My name is Tegan Helen. How are you? Good. Good. So, I love you so much, and you're awesome. Thank you. <laughs> and I got... Some gifts for you.
1: Well, I'd like them. Do you want to come up here and give them to me? Hi. How are you? Thank you. Can I have a hug? Yeah. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Is this you? You've written three books? Jesus fucking Christ. That's amazing. Great job. Awesome. Alright. Questions? Where are the mics? Go ahead. Wherever you want to go. Alright, anybody got a mic? Yeah, let's just go go to somebody. There we go. Stand up. Hi Gary. What's your name?
2: Uh my name is Andre.
1: Andrew? Andre,
2: Andre, like Agassi, got I'm, it. <laughs> uh, from Colombia, South America. Very nice. Uh, and I'm a photographer. Okay. I have never known if it's a blessing or a, you know, like, like a, a curse. curse. Yeah. Right. So, my business right now, or the thing that I'm doing in Instagram, is trying to become like a destroyer of photography in a sort of way. I take good, I think, good pictures, but I want to send a message to other artists about thinking that art is not what it used to be. Like you cannot make money or a living out of it. You should actually try to be more of a personality around it. So my question is, how would you market this idea?
1: So you wanna be somebody that tells other artists that it's not about selling the art, it's that you need to build a personal brand and be the personality behind the art and then that's the monetization because then people will buy your art or because then you can do something else. Exactly, exactly.
2: The, the second part. Okay, okay. so that, that's... Of, what, of actually like pursuing art for the sake of being art and monetizing, if you want it, by doing some, something around it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, first I would not tell them how to monetize. So the biggest artists in the world self promoters and marketers of their brand and then they sell the art. So the first one to me is a far more interesting conversation because artists are artists for a reason. There's a reason all those people want to take those photos or paint those pictures. It's because it's what they're good at or they like or it's what they love. So forcing them into like, forget that, the art is the gateway for you to be a personal brand and monetize that I think is just a bad strategy, right? You just have entrepreneurial DNA in you that happen to match along with the art, and that's actually a rarity, right? Most people don't carry both. Uh, This is what I'm, to be very frank, concerned of. The thought that the model is, let's take them out from what they wanna do or what they wanna be doing, and I'm gonna teach them how to build a personal brand. The first question becomes, why are you the right person to do that? Like, have you done that?
2: Yeah, I'm doing it like uh, day to day since uh, January that I, came across your content. Doing what? Doing what, uh, what do you mean? Like, how do I go about it?
1: Have you made money not being the artist, but you're making money using art as the gateway? Ah,
2: yeah, the the second part that you say.
1: How, how are you making money?
2: Uh, Well, I started by taking the pictures and selling them. Okay. And so what I have done is taking your advice of narrating my reality day to day. So right now, I'm not like, making a living out of doing this, I'm just building like the blocks to get there because of maybe this bad strategy right. that So, say. <laughs> So
1: first, no it's okay, it's a good strategy. Here's the problem. Too many people want to go into teaching people how to make money a different way before they've actually ever made money without making money teaching people how to make money. I mean, for me, what gave me the audacity to talk about business was in my 20s, for 12 years without saying a fucking word to anybody, I built a $60 million retail business. That made me feel like, oh, let me tell you what I did or what I thought about. So I think the big thing that concerns me is, I think vlogging and building awareness and documenting, that's good. Because that's gonna bring you attention. My friends, attention is the currency of our society. The number one arbitrage in our world, it's called fame, right? Get real famous and the weirdest shit happens. People give you everything for free. Makes no sense, it's bad. You know, like it's the number one arbitrage. So getting people to care about you for you and your journeys is important. What you do with that power and how you make money is even more important. That's the thing to think about. So I, I would say, before you tell people how to make money about it, you need to do that for yourself first, figure out what that was, and then do it.
2: Okay, thank you very much. You're welcome.
3: <laughs> Hi. Hi, first of all, I can't believe that I get to win the thing and have a picture with you and then I get to ask you a question. I'm, I must be
1: fucking
3: day. It really is. <laughs> <sighs> okay, so um, hi, I'm Alex. My question is this. Uh, my husband and I have a business which we love. We have lots of singing schools around the part of England where we're from. And we have got to a stage where we have to make a decision whether we want to get a big loan and go all around the UK hey,
1: or just Dad. grow slowly yes. and organically. Yep. Which one? Number two. Okay. (laughs) But remember, number two is what I like. Yeah. You may like number one. Here's what I don't like. I never like borrowing a lot of money Mm. when the economy's been good for eight years. (laughs) It just feels like... Guys, people get over leveraged. Like if you, like, having credit card debt to invest into your business is not fun. What's fun about that? Like, all my friends who have startups who raise $4 million for their app and lose money every month, I've got news for you. It doesn't take a fucking hero to lose money each month. Like, so, look, if you're super confident, what I would rather you do is, you've got how many of them already?
3: We've got about 11 schools
1: around East Anglia. I would look at how profitable you were running that business. I would look at what you're doing with the money you make each year as in your personal life, and as in like, what do you spend the money on? Right. Does it make profit?
3: It makes profit, it's not a massive profit, but it does make some profit. Before
1: you borrow and go open 49, you have 11 fucking locations and you don't make a lot of profit, you need to fucking make the business better. Yeah. Because guess what happens when you make your, your energy to making your 11 locations make 20% more money? You right. actually have your own money to expand. Right. Go fucking figure.
3: Yeah.
4: Thank you. You're welcome.
1: <laughs> Go ahead, my friend. Uh, right, uh, Higher.
0: Yeah, uh, in terms of, uh, as you become more successful. A little uh, louder, my friend. All right. As you become more successful and more opportunities open the yes. door, yeah. how do you say no, or what, how, what filter do you use to say no? Complete gut intuition.
1: I have no fucking idea how this dude got in front of me for 20 minutes in London. <laughs> I'm being dead serious. Like, my, my answer is intuition. Um, And it's the complete vulnerability of how I'm mapping my life and other people that are crippled by opportunity. But the biggest thing I do is I don't look back and dwell. You never know, like I always think about, let's use the Uber example, right? I might have invested in Uber, right? And I might have made $300 million on paper and that would have made me even more internet investment famous, so maybe I would have went to San Francisco to be on Bloomberg West and talk about why I invested in Uber and maybe on that trip I would've got hit by a car and died. Like life is such a matrix. So the reason I'm able to navigate through intuition is because I don't ever, ever, ever think what if. And I think way too many people are looking backwards. You guys, the amount of people in this room that are thinking about shit that happened 16 years ago, like what if I dated Donnie Thompson? Fuck Donnie Thompson. <laughs> so, so the real answer is intuition. It's always got my North Star in mind, which is, does this bring me attention or awareness, bring me into new audiences? Does this make me the short-term dollars I need to navigate my world? Is this gonna help me buy the New York Jets? These are all things that are running through my mind, but at the end of the day, the honest answer is gut call over and over and over and never crying about what happened. Cheers. Thank you.
2: Hi, Gary. My question is, what is the best mistake that you've made the best mistake?
1: So, all of them. <laughs> um, and I'll tell you why, it's a really funny question. People ask me about my mistakes. My man, I I make so many mistakes. Like, I make a mistake, I make big mistakes often. I haven't had anything that is really, I'm trying to think of my best mistake. Probably, my best mistakes is watching some of the companies that I passed on in investing become successful and I knew that they were good but I didn't love the idea and it's teaching me how much it comes down to the person. More than ever in my life, in my 40s now, do I believe it's about the person and that some people can win just by sheer will and brute of force and so that's an interesting mistake for me as companies are coming around, but to be very honest with you, that's a fairly bullshit answer, and let me tell you why it's a bullshit answer. I spend so little time on my mistakes, it would make your fucking head spin. I am incapable of respecting my mistakes. Fuck my mistakes. And that is a huge insight to how I drive. And it's interesting that the last question and this question have such a similar thing. Like, it is about moving forward. So I'm not sure, I don't have a classic on my resume where like this thing fucked up, but the next time I saw it I did it this thing and I won. Like I don't have that cliche answer. I default into having mistakes every day, trying to learn from them, but really not even manifesting or realizing their mistakes. I just think they're part of the process. And that's not a a razzing you up or like yay, like there's no such thing as mistakes, Donnie. There's, I fucking lost money on a hundred things I've done but at the macro I didn't. That's why I don't like being over leveraged, right? Like I've never made a mistake because I never put myself in a position where this thing kills me. That's a mistake. That's how I think about it. Yep. Go ahead, yeah. Um,
3: Hi Gary. How are Uh, you? Good, I have read all of your books. What's your Um, name? Somi. How are you? Good, thank you. Um, I'm one of those quiet fans that you hate. Thank uh, you.
1: No comments? Zero. Uh, yeah, but You're I. You're a lurker.
3: Yeah, I am. Fuck. <laughs> I, because it's mostly because I I watch the Daily V Show in the gym and I'm on the treadmill or something. We well, can so. get
1: off for a second and just say good job, Gary.
3: <laughs> but I really love the content and look. I, I'm, I'm kidding. Here I'm now. kidding. Go ahead. Um, I run a, a video production company and I work with um, a sort of. Smaller luxury brands, uh, you know, bespoke luxury brands, and um, I've been running my business for two years now. Before that, I used to be a TV producer for five years, so um, I'm coming from that sort of content, original content background. And my background is mainly in sort of reality shows and talk shows and things like that. Okay. So I'm trying to find a way to um, bring together branded content and original content. Great. And uh, what I'm trying to do is sort of. uh, almost like a female version of GQ, so um, some sort of like an online channel uh, that is for uh, female kind of business women who are like real business women, you know, and um, so trying to create original content for this and um, I've, um, it's really hard because at the same time I'm also uh, running my current business. So I was wondering if you have any ideas on, um, because I'm writing a pitch for it and trying to um, get investment. So I'm not entirely sure uh, so how to show that I will monetize it, you know, when I go to investors.
1: So I think well, that- Like Vice and Refinery29 and, and all these companies, you know, Buzzfeed, they've shown how a media company can monetize, let her hold on to the mic, let her hold on to yeah. the mic, can monetize, you know, this, I think, I don't think that's necessarily- Because a, I'm going
3: for a niche market, so my- It's mo- not a
1: niche market.
3: Well, female business women, you know, like, like the kind of women that will shop from Netta Porter, you know. The- I understand
1: what you're saying. I don't think it's a niche market. Okay. I think you're selling yourself out of it being a niche market. Like, I think you're selling yourself. On, it's a huge market. I literally don't know where to
3: start from, uh, to go from branded content because I have a stable business now and it's growing slowly. So in the past two years, I started the business and... Um, it's, it's been growing, growing really nicely. So uh, it's kind of like finding the balance between running the
1: current business and, well, and the, transitioning Well first to... and foremost, that's right. I mean first and foremost, you have to understand you're looking to become a publisher. Yeah,
3: basically. Right? Yeah, I want, I, my aim, my goal has yeah. always been you to want, want to become a publisher. Yeah, yeah.
1: Like you're starting a brand that Condé Nest or Hearst could start tomorrow if they decided to go after the female business, right? Yeah. That's hard, yeah. and like real hard, and so like, so I don't know if you know, did you see in January I bought a company called PureWow?
3: Yeah, I've heard about it. Right,
1: so the work that goes into being a successful publisher in today's internet at scale that goes after a genre like that Mm -hmm. is very, very competitive. Yeah. You're minimally gonna need to raise a couple million dollars just for the tech and the infrastructure, even if you go freelance to create enough creative. You're also gonna have to get a co-founder who's in the tech business yeah. who's a builder because he or she has to be your co-founder because you're in the tech business by being a digital publisher. Yeah. You're also going to need to really have somebody on your team that disproportionately understands how to hack the Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat ecosystem to siphon audience because there's no publisher right now that's coming out and getting any growth mm-hmm. without being deeply um, integrated into the Facebook ecosystem. Yeah. So the thing that I hear that I would recommend is for you to get two co-founders. Okay. Because you're busy. Yeah. You're missing a lot of the elements to have a prayer of anybody writing you a check for your company. Mm-hmm. Right.
3: Part of me thinks to, to sort of let it grow organically and build it from my current business. I would but love it that. Is, but it is it is very difficult. I mean, I'm I'm hoping to um, make just over a quarter million this this year. Last year, I did about half of that, and yep. uh, and that started from zero,
1: just literally nothing. I get it. So it's, M- my intuition is I love you building it organically off the profits of the first thing. You're missing a one, probably two co-founders, or real hardcore ninjas, you will not win in publishing in that space. Would you be interested? Not me. (laughs) But you need them. I really think you need a tech founder and a growth hacking, quant-based marketer to get you traffic, or you'll have zero chance. Okay, all right. Awesome. (laughs) Hi Gary. Hey man.
4: Uh, My name is William. Um, So I want to talk about transition. Okay. Because I, I think a lot of people here go through transitions when they go from one field to another and they just okay. become whatever business. Yep. So in your case, uh, yeah. well, I'll tell you in your case, in my case. In my case, I, I came from a career of doing very well as an architect, and then we transitioned into uh, running a media company okay. that runs several uh, channel, ch- several channels. So um, uh, in your case, you were the wine guy. Um, yes. I remember 10 years ago, somebody told me, "Oh, this is a guy eating cereal with wine or something." Yes. And I just looked at it and then moved on. But then what that made me realize that eventually you opened VG Media, uh, sorry, uh, Pain Media. Can you take everyone here a little bit into how did you start it? I know you had an $80,000 uh, client as your first client, if I remember correctly. That's very good. How did you uh, perform with that person and how did you move on to that second client? How did you start doubling up and doubling up?
1: How did I get my first client since I was branded in a different genre? Yeah. Like your, how did I create credibility in exactly. a new world? I mean,
4: well, a, I mean, we already have clients and stuff. We have a certain amount of credibility because we communicate, which is what I think what you realize you did well. Yes. It's just a different media, different medium. So uh, right. that so, first client, that relationship, how did you manage that? And then how do you make it to the second one?
1: By listening.
4: Okay. All right.
1: That's the real answer, right? And hold on to this because I want to make sure I get to your answer. Somebody emailed me something, you know, don't forget it was coming to me a little bit because I always do first. That's a big problem in the game. I do first and let shit come to me. I don't say that right? Like I don't say I'm you know, like that that has no leverage. Then you're selling. I don't sell for shit. I brand and market and let shit come to me. So what I did was to answer your question, you're gonna love this. You wanna know the straight up answer to your question? Give it to me. I spent 12 hours a day on Twitter in 2007 because I thought it was gonna be big, amassed one of the largest followings on Twitter and then Gillette Razors emailed me and said, you have 180,000 followers on Twitter. We'd like to understand what Twitter is. Can we pay you a consulting fee to tell us what to do? I said, yes, $80,000. They said, okay, that's how I got my first client.
4: That's awesome. I wanted just to get that first new story out of you.
1: You know, like to me, to me there's so much in like doing and then, and then when I said listening, I had no fucking idea. So we went there to talk Twitter, then they're like, we're doing an activation in Las Vegas. Can you do it? I'm like, uh-huh, you know? And then I was like, <laughs> fuck. You know, and so then I just started asking questions. I think the biggest thing, and you know it's funny, this goes back to how I started this talk really. I spend all my time listening. The reason I want people to leave comments is I read them. I read all the comments. I read the ones that say that I'm the best, I read the ones that say that I'm the worst, I read the one, and all I do is I listen. It's so funny, I get made fun of when I Ask Gary Vee because I'm always interrupting people. It's because I've gotten so good at listening, I know what the fuck people are gonna say before they say it. <laughs> I just wanna move on, <laughs> you know? So, one of the ways to get the next clients is to never let the last client fail. The only way not to let a client fail is to overlisten and provide them what they want at all costs. Which is why I always push against people selling to the bottom because the bottom doesn't know what to do with it and then you're never gonna win. You're just gonna be keep regurgitating the bottom. And so that's how I did it. I did it first, and then I listened very carefully to the first 20 clients to make sure there was no chance that there was going to be any vulnerability, and I built on the word of mouth of our quality deliverables for the client. Awesome, thanks. You got it. Hey, Gary. Yes.
5: Here, you. on your right. Here we Hi, go. um Just like that lady, we've worked out together every morning for the last year, just so you, you know. Thank you. Um, I appreciate it. I don't know, you tell me at the end of every podcast. I appreciate your ear. Um, I'm an actor. Okay. And I, one thing that really pisses me off, I've mentioned it to a lot of people who are here, Are there's a lot of actors out there who fail their career and then they decide they're gonna open up acting schools or they're gonna you know, <clears throat> promise people sure. to have this career that they never had, all right? So what I do, I'm very much document over create. I kind of document my own career. Very fortunate at the moment to be working pretty regular. I've just booked another TV job recently. So I kind of like feel that like I can credibly
1: not... Yeah, but you know what you and I agree on this? Except be careful because I promise you, I know in American football, I don't know in your football league, but I promise you some of the best coaches of all time weren't good fucking players.
5: Yeah, these, I, these are just people who have, who have basically tried and then just not done it and then... Well, f- because then...
1: something like acting and athletics and business is talent.
5: Yeah. You do, need, you do need that. The thing oh, that- oh,
1: hold on. <laughs> Talent. Like, news alert, if there was a system that everybody would be successful in around entrepreneurship, which means, let me define entrepreneurship for you. You get to do shit on your terms and make enough money to do it, every single fucking person on earth would do it. This is why I talk about self-awareness, right? So I know where you're going, and I talk a lot about it as well, which is like, why the fuck are you buying shit from people who've never done it, right? Yeah. But I think we have to be a little careful to also know there's been great coaches who didn't win at the highest levels, but they understood the craft. If you were a actor who went through the process of acting school, went and tried to make it, got a couple commercials, did a little Broadway, did a little stuff, but never got there, you, you clearly got to see the people that had it and the people that didn't have it, you might then become aware and then you may be able to guide. The problem is, what you and I hate is when somebody sucked at it and makes pretend like they were good. That's it, yeah. That's the problem. Great coaches are like, they grab you and they say, kid, you fucking asshole. I worked every day for 15 hours a day. I fucking studied everything and you've got more talent in your left foot than I have in my whole body. You need to do this, not be like me. I'm fucking one and now we win. They're full of shit.
5: Yeah. So, that's, so that, that was sort of part one. So I was saying, so what I do is um, I kind of like anytime I book a job, I um, you know, and I meet somebody, I kind of interview them. I get them on. I do a podcast. Yep. Um, I do um, two periscopes once, like, twice a week. They then get uploaded to YouTube. They get the audio gets ripped as a podcast. So I'm putting content out yep. consistently all the time. Good. So much of it for free. Good. And then there's like a tiny little bit of it that I charge a premium um, subscription for on a on a, a community website that I run. Okay. I've got a lot of people signed up for the free stuff.
1: They just don't think your product is worth it to pay for.
5: Well, I was going to say, can you give away... Is it possible sometimes you're just giving away too much for free that people are like, I've actually got enough coming through for free that I don't really need to pay for anymore because I've got enough info?
1: You know that thing you said about the actors? Yeah. That. If you're good enough, there's not too much is free.
5: Yeah. So...
1: That means you're not good enough.
5: You can, I'm Gary, I'm good enough, man. I swear. No no,
1: no, 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 no. Be careful. The market decides if you're good enough, bro.
5: It's, a, it's just yeah, it's just yeah. Thank you. I'm definitely good enough, guys.
1: No, no, but give it, give it back to him. This is an important thing because this yeah. is how this is how you want to win. Yes. You're not good enough if you're complaining about not enough people converting.
5: No, I was just saying, is 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 that thing de- I think really no, cause I don't you because you give away so much. And- All of it. That's what I mean. So you 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 never tempted to monetize any of that. I know you do like t-shirts and all that you kind know of why? stuff, but well, because
1: you don't need to. Cause I'm good enough. Yeah. It's, and, and the thing so that no, but this is like listen, like I love when people go to conferences and they're like, oh, that guy's such a great marketer. He's one of the best marketers. I'm like, who the fuck is that person? I'm like, no, everybody knows a great marketer. I'm like, great marketers show up on the fucking cover of Entrepreneur magazine and show up on CNN and like work with. Budweiser, right? So like, I, like, no, I mean like here we are, we're talking it out, so I let you in the mic. Like, like I could sell plenty. I'm leaving real fucking money on the table. I get people yes. email me and offer me $100,000 to spend an hour with me. Yeah. Like, forget about your bullshit 30 bucks a month horseshit. I get people who offer me $100,000 to spend an hour. You know why? Because I'm good enough, and I still say no to that. <laughs> so the answer is, that's it. The market is the market is the market. People write books and sell them direct and they want to use them as gateway drugs to other things. I get paid $4 million to even write a book. You know why? Because I'm good enough. So think about it because then you can tweak it. If you actually believe that, the reason I'm forcing this one is because I need you to believe it. You need to understand it doesn't matter what you think about your content. You're not good enough if it's not converting to a number that you think. But you might not be willing to do shit, to convert more, because it's against your principles, and I commend you for that. But then you have to get fucking good so that it happens what you're trying to do. Gotta ask yourself, why are you even doing that? Like, is that, you've decided that's a good business, that's fine, that's great. Like These are all things that play out. Maybe if you gave a lot more content and mixed in some of the energy you're using to convert into a freemium model into maybe some content that's more about your acting, maybe that'll lead to bigger roles and you'll monetize that way. Then you can arbitrage fame and then that's the biggest of all. You know? The reason I get six figures to give a keynote everywhere I go plus is because I give away the other shit for free. Because I'm good enough. Hey, Gary. Okay, there, and then we'll go to. Go great, ahead, my friend.
5: Great to see you again. Um, Good to see you. I run a video business. Good. And uh, we're launching a retainer, bi- uh, a retainer product, so pay monthly okay. and you get a new video every month. Okay. What is the best way to take that to market? So it's a high-end product, medium-sized business, one to two million pound turnover, is our target market. Facebook. Facebook ads? Yep. Cool, anything else?
1: Nope. I mean, if it's good enough, it will work there because you can target small to medium sized business, employees of small to medium sized business. There's no arbitrage that's better. It's just a good bet. I don't play poker, you play poker? Nope. Good, who plays poker, raise your hands. When you have the best fucking hand, you go all in. Facebook's the best fucking hand. Go all in. Great. Thank you so much. Thank you, Gary. Real quick, I apologize. The key though, the key is what you're gonna post in the ad. Facebook ads are the best. Now you've gotta make content to make people convert. But if you're doing a video product and you're about video, then you should make the videos that are able to convert. And if you don't, then you're not good enough. Right, like that's the part, the market, the market. Hey.
3: Hi Gary, thank you. Um, my name is Susan Beasley, I'm here with my husband Chris. We're both in our 60s. We hear you talk a lot about millennials needing to flip and wake themselves up yep. and do something about their lives.
1: I also made a video for the sixty year olds exactly. where I told you guys to wake the fuck up too.
3: Yeah, and, and guess what? We did. Good. But the point is we're finding, even though we're champion entrepreneurship for fifties and sixty plus, that they're still burying their heads in the sand and they don't realise what's coming for them and they're not gonna have the retirement that they want because there's just no money for it. What can
1: you say to them, please? I would say to them the same thing I've been saying to everybody, which is all you can do is tirelessly try to repackage the same truths in whatever way you can, different adjectives, different words, on different platforms with different colors and different angles and different edits, but it's the same tried and true shit, right? Like, you're just, listen, you know how many people here. watch this, want a good one, watch this. How many people here when they first saw my content hated me, raise your hand. Raise it, it's okay. Right? Like, you know, what you need to do is keep trying, right? Keep trying, right? This dude hated me, now he has a sign that says, Gary, can you sign my shirt, please? I mean, it's the fucking best. Right, it's, but what's cool was it meant that I said something a different way, a different time, one more time, somewhere else. Showed up on some podcast that he did like the person. Wait a minute, why would that person let him on when I hate that person? Said something in a different angle. Maybe a different quote on Instagram. Somebody reshared it. All you could, there's nothing I can say. All you could do is keep saying it over and over and over and over again with different sprinkles on top. Brilliant, thank you. You got it. I'll get to it, I'll get to it. Hello, Gary. Hey, mate.
4: How do you know when you've got the right opportunity, when
5: your head's telling you that, you know, I've got a massive opportunity in front of me in the business that I'm currently in, but your heart's pulling you in a different path?
1: Can you do both? Because I push a lot of people to both. When I hear that, I'm like, fuck, man, just do me a huge favor and audit every other hour, right? Like, that's a tough one, right? When the head and heart are aligned, magic. When the head and heart are pulling in opposite directions, back to why I was scared with artists, right? They're, they're not gonna be aligned. That sucks, comma, I need to know everything you do every hour you're awake, because if I can audit it carefully, I think you might be doing enough dumb shit that doesn't matter that will let you do both. Like, you know, it's a very interesting thing, right? Like, mm. like, how many hours, by the way, I sleep six to seven hours a night. And I think it's always funny that people think it's a, like, yeah, yeah I only sleep three hours. Like, sleep is a non-debate, like, you need it. So like, but I'm asking you carefully, how many hours a night do you tend to sleep? Tell the truth, do not lie. No, no, eight. Good, sleep seven. Like, you Sleep d- less. One less hour, right? You just told me very passionately that your head and your heart are pulling in opposite directions. That's worth seven versus eight. Comma. How much telly do you watch? How many beers do you drink? How many YouTube videos do you watch? How many fucking conferences do you come to? (laughs) Here's what I know. I believe that you have enough time to do both. Especially if any of them has anything to do with the internet. Guys, every one of our grandparents didn't have this. If they had a job and they wanted to build another business, that means they needed to be there. They didn't have the fucking internet. We're so lucky. Let's take advantage of it. We're the first generation, no matter what our age is, that's living through this internet thing that's bonkers shit crazy good. That's worth chipping away. You should sit down right now, not listen to a word I'm saying, and write down every fucking thing you do seven days a week. You've got family, You know, you've got things, people have things, but, you have enough time for both. You're right. If Thank you, you want it. I want to.
5: Hi, oh, Gary. Yeah. Hello. My name is Simon. I feel that the schooling system is letting a lot of kids down. Okay. And, um... Me too. Oh, awesome. Uh, so, magic one Fuck time. Fuck school. Woo! <laughs> so, magic one time. Let's say you had like, the blueprint, which is the perfect blueprint for, for the kids for the future. And by the know...
1: way, real quick, I apologize. Fuck school if you're an entrepreneur. Like, if you want to be a consultant at McKinsey, you better go to fucking school. This is back to self-awareness. I started to interrupt you. Like, I didn't like the way that felt. I don't want anybody to think it's blind. If you know who you are, let me promise you something: the number 19 employee at Facebook made a lot more money than everybody in this room because she was self-aware and went to a good school that gave her a job at Facebook that made her 400 trillion dollars. <laughs> Got it? So keep going.
5: So let's say you had the blueprint which enabled kids you know, to be relevant for the future, especially with tech taking off.
1: But you definitely don't have that. No, no, not, no, not yet, no. no. No, not never, here's why. If you think you're gonna give a blueprint to a kid that is gonna allow them to be relevant in the future tech world, then you're disrespecting the speed of tech at a level that is even worse than school. Agreed. Okay.
5: But let's say you had a better schooling system, um, Way better than what we have now. That's different. What is the best way to get traction so that...
1: By not selling parents that believe in the school system.
4: Sorry, can you say that again, please?
1: Sure. By not trying to sell parents that actually believe in the school system. Got it. The biggest mistake that innovators make... I've sold shit my whole life that nobody believes in. E-commerce. Then, instead of going after French, Italian, and California wines, I attacked New Zealand, Australia, Portugal, my next big win... Then I believed in email instead of direct mail and newspaper when everybody else believed in the other way. Then I did Google AdWords instead of classifieds and the yellow pages. Then I did YouTube, blah, 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 blah. And the one consistent in my career is I don't spend a minute trying to convince anybody about anything. My level of giving a fuck, if you believe in what I'm saying up here, is zero. (laughs) The mistake when people innovate is you're trying to convince people this is better for Johnny instead of finding all the people that agree with us. You Go make to the older, believers then. what's that?
5: Go to the believers then.
1: Just don't even spend any time on anybody who has any value on the university.
2: Awesome, thank you, got you got so much.
1: It's a really, what's fun about my answer there is that is the sales tip to every single person here. The amount of people that spend time trying to convince people, you're wasting time. These are binary decisions. Ladies, how quickly do you know if you're interested in the dude when you first meet him? You knew right away. These fucking suckers trying to trick you, they're not gonna win. This is a math game in sales. You need to go where there's opportunity instead of trying to force people to believe in your shit. And if you're good enough, then you become historically correct. I promise you one thing, my friends in here, there's a lot of people that were doing internet marketing in 2009 in this room when I hit the scene and started selling social media. And social media did not have black and white ROI in 2006, seven, eight, 9, 10. And they didn't believe. I won. So like, that's why sales and believing in what you have is so important. If you don't spend any time on trying to sell people that don't believe and you're right and good at your product, you win twice because you make enough sales to get you to being in 2015 when it became obvious you were right and then everybody else comes. Got it? You go read my first book, it's called Crush It. I wrote that shit in 2008, it came out in 2009. Everything I wrote in that book fucking happened. That's just black and white.
3: Thank you so much. Uh, My hands literally cramped here. (laughs) Yeah. My question is going to be a bit weirder.
1: Um, Perfect, that's a great way to end.
3: Yeah. Uh, so, I flew from Bulgaria to come and see you. I'm a 23 awesome. year old aspiring entrepreneur. Okay. Bought all your books, Watched all your videos, came here. What I'm doing here now is throwing jabs at you. Okay. Uh, so, literally, Gary. Yes. What would I have to do? I've messaged you multiple times. What How do I many have times? To, a lot of times. Give more, me a number. More than 10 times.
1: Give me an actual number.
3: 10 times.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
1: I like so the
3: honesty. What do I have to do to get your attention, to give me five minutes of your time in New York to see how you work, to see your philosophy?
2: Done? Done.
1: Done.
3: Thank you so much.
1: All right.
0: You, P-Rock, get us in. You will fucking hate me right now because I just called time on this. He's got a flight to catch. It's, his it's my wife's, wife's birthday, birthday tomorrow and if I miss this flight I'm fucking finished. <laughs> so I just want to say I know you get invited to speak at events all over the world all the fucking time. I don't know why you said yes to this one.
1: I said yes because when I looked at your fucking face and I told you stop doing horse shit events when you said I want to, I believed you. Thank you.